Hello there. My name is David Stregge. I'm from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and originally I started out as a Stephen King uh, movie group on Facebook. Um, and then I ended up uh, going around and uh, finding a friend who was in the magic community, uh, who had his own Houdini uh, uh, group, and we paired together and uh, created the group Movies Galore of Milwaukee. And with uh, this partner of mine, I ended up gathering a group of people together to talk about fi uh, films and uh, uh, we played games word games and uh, talk uh, and I posted uh, photos of films and so on and so forth and then uh, this partner of mine ended up having me meet uh, movies uh, or um, Milwaukee movie talk um, Stephen and uh, Christopher, uh, Stephen Milak and uh, Christopher House. And uh, from there, uh, Stephen convinced me to um, start writing um, reviews of my own, which I did. And I did so on a blog called Movies Galore of Milwaukee. When I first started, uh, when I started getting out of writing um, several years ago, uh, which would probably be about three years, uh, because I've been writing for about seven years now. Um, what I ended up do, uh, doing was I started calling this Movies Galore of Milwaukee, but then I wanted to create a discussional uh, podcast, and I did. And uh, we I called it Inside Movies Galore. I added Katie Cadaver, um, uh, who was a dead, gar, uh, dead girl at Dead Gar's Dark Coffin Classics, which is a horror host um, channel here in, um, actually in the Kenosha, Milwaukee area, um, as well as um, Celeste Parker, who, uh, which both of those two um, women um, podcasted at first with uh, uh, with me. I also added uh, Dane Kyle, a filmmaker that I, a young filmmaker that I knew from North Carolina. Um, and uh, I also um, invited several other people that I started to get to know, including Brandon Farmer, who has uh, somewhat become like one of my best friends, um, Dustin Nelson, who was a horror film collector, and he's got some interesting comical ads to the show, and so on and so forth. So, um, uh, but um, realizing that uh, the difference between uh, the podcast and my reviews, realizing that I needed a voice, I decided to create another alter ego of myself uh, by creating Delusions of Grandeur. And uh, when I thought of the title, um, I didn't think to um, look at any written blogs to see if there was anything. And there just so happens to be a written blog by Stephen Millick that I did not even know. So, um, bearing that in mind, there has never been a video podcast um, that has held this title. And I, and I wanted to say I am sorry that, uh, that um, I took your title, but you retired it. And so, uh, so I'm 
I'm growing myself, uh, I'm growing my views, and I want to uh, reach out to, uh, to other people uh, with my voice. So ho hopefully I'll be able to do that with uh, Delusions of Grandeur, and hopefully you'll enjoy um, the rest of my reviews on this rev uh, uh, review, um, review channel. Um, thank you for listening. Um, I'm hoping to turn this review, uh, these reviews into a podcast-like thing um, to put them out on radio uh, so that uh, other people can listen. And uh, thank you for listening. Um, and just enjoy. Thank you so much. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and being a producer of Wrestle Massacre, as well as Inside Movies Galore, I am David Streggy, and welcome to Delusions of Grandeur. Enjoy the reviews. I certainly did. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, welcome once again. I am your host, David Stregge, here on Inside Movie Scholar, where I am here in the room to review a movie for uh, you guys. And uh, let me just fix my camera here. So uh, uh, my cameraman is uh, kind of absent at the moment, but uh, uh, I'm here to uh, review the movie The Greatest Showman on Earth. And uh, here in the room, I also have Chad here uh, uh, once again. Uh, thank you for that review on Rampage earlier. Yeah, Dave, no problem. Now, I saw the Greatest Showman uh, trailers while I was at the theater for other shows, uh, you know, months back. And I was interested to see how the movie was. But since they classified it as a musical, I, I haven't seen it yet myself. Okay. Um, uh, well, uh, this was a first time watch for me, ladies and gentlemen. So I just watched it uh, right before I, uh, I interviewed the guy named Chad about, uh, Rampage, which, uh, uh please see, uh, uh, again, uh, which, which, uh, I thought it was a great review. So, uh, in any case, uh, relatively, this this is a biographical musical uh in a sense because uh here was a man who was a very good showman uh and uh he also i mean surprisingly was around for about 80 years um uh, between 18 a uh, hundred and something to about nine uh, uh, 1900 and so, uh, uh, something so he was he was around quite some time 
but um, he started a, he started a company, uh, and this is reality. He started a company, uh, a, a, a variety troupe uh, called uh, Barnum's Grand Scientific and Musical Theory or the uh, theater, and uh, it was shortly after he'd purchased uh, the Scudder's American Museum, which he renamed it after himself, the P.T. Barnum Museum. So uh, he started having, uh, you know, human curiosities such as uh, Fiji the Mermaid and General Tom Thumb. And uh, he uh, also came up with the original Bearded Lady, uh, the Siamese Twins, the things of that nature. Well, in this movie, uh, we have Hugh Jackman starring as P.T. Barnum. And uh, he's, he's not new to the musical world uh, because he was actually um, in Les Miserables um, back a couple of years. Uh, and uh, I think there he played a phenomenal uh, character there. He played a very strong character uh, as uh, Jean Valjean in Les Miserables. But he is back. Um, in this film, and uh, this was a relatively different role for him because normally we're used to seeing him with three claws as X Men's Wolverine. Uh, where now, now, Dave, are you are you a big fan of musicals normally, or um, is that something you look out for all the time? It's not something I relatively look out for, but because I have a, a musical background. And um, I've been to a lot of musicals myself um, in the past. I have a relatively decent interest into films that have a musical tune to them. So, yeah, I would say it's not that it's not that I relatively look for that film to watch because horror films are my cup of tea normally, but I don't mind watching musical numbered films you know uh, uh with good tunes <laughs> now now did this movie seem like it was uh something you could see in a theater live on stage uh for the singing part or did it j just seem recorded well um th that's actually a difficult question because on the one hand uh it was shot really beautifully i mean uh, there was a moment where um, two singers were singing on a flying trapeze and they were doing some kind of aerial acts and the recording part works for that kind of thing. But I'm used to, you know, I'm used to like the sound of music where, where these people actually sang it. I, I, and I believe that they sang it on the set uh, instead of being recorded because uh, when you lip sync things, sometimes the lips don't move with the words the right way. And I could see that very marginally in the film. And that's what kind of distracts me just a little bit. Maybe I'm being a little bit too critical. But I, I, I look for things like this. And uh, it's, it's shot really, really well. The acting uh, uh, in here is brilliant. The uh, uh, the 
Um, the choreography seemed like I, ha I hadn't seen some of it before. So it's not like, uh, it wasn't like you're, it was like they were tr uh, trying to bring the old time circus and bring it uh, in a way that uh, that uh, people could actually, you know, really get into. And uh, <coughs> seeing some of these characters that, uh, that he, he met uh, along the way and whatnot, their, their introductions, how... Yeah, I, think, I think everybody's heard about P.T. Barnum, you know, from whenever whatever time frame he lived in. I'm sure everybody's heard about him in the circus. Oh yeah, every at least anyone who has been any kind of a showman has heard of P.T. Barnum. I, I I mean one of the I mean in reality one of the one of the quotes that he is most known for is "There's a sucker born any minute." Well, I'll tell you how this story starts. It actually uh, it actually begins with a musical number of him on you know, already on stage, but then it goes back uh, and shows a little bit of evidently his upbringing. His father was a tradesman of some sort, and he ended up uh, meeting the younger char char charity. I don't know what her last name was then, but she was of some uh, royalty, or at least her parents were richer than him. So, uh, they had a little scene where where she she was sipping her cup and learning etiquette, and uh, he made her smile. Well, for uh, there is always a way that people have always treated people when they are a, a different class, and that's what was shown in this, you know, uh, uh, shown in this beginning scene, you know. The uh, you know uh, uh, he uh, the father actually slapped the child across the face uh, for you know speaking to his daughter you know uh, because people of his class just don't do that you know so uh, but other than that the uh, the film moved along it moved into his teenage years where he started to steal things and then um, lo and behold. Um, it was the freaks that started showing him kindness that he started, you know, he's, it's like they showed a little bit of the beginning of, of how he, you know, how he started to create a family for these oddities down the road. Now, did he feel like they were really his family or was he just a con man trying to use those people? I think it was, uh, I think in reality, it was kind of a little bit both ways. Uh, uh, but in the show, in this movie, I think they were trying to uh, to make him look more uh, like, uh, more like he was a family man, a family man. He actually treated them well, uh, well, you know, the, the, the only th the thing is there, there is a moment where, um, where he had actually um, had an act with with an uh, with an opera singer, and when when um, when there was a moment in society where there was like this really, you know, cool party 
to become more famous. Uh, his freaks came to the party and wanted to be part of the crowd. And he shut the door on them, you know, because, uh, because these were all, you know, people of the ton, you know, these, these were all uh, well-dressed people. Uh, they all thought that there was a station that, that, uh, that people had, you know, that, uh, that there were certain people who were allowed to be at these parties, you know? So ultimately, Ultimately, the thing that I, li I like most about this uh, uh, film is uh, uh, that it it shows some of the um, that it wasn't just all uh, prim and roses. It, it wasn't uh, it wasn't just all like smiles and daisies. You know, it 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 didn't it didn't just show like a one straight for, uh, forward. Okay, uh, he had all this success. It showed some of the um some of the protesting that was going on during the time you know uh, 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 it, there were rioters in the streets so did it show him how he was building his brand you would say in some it, of these uh it, it, it was showing how he was building his brand yes in fact there, there was even this critic that was really tough on him his first show and uh what he did is he showed him up and he said, okay, let's, let's reprint his review in New York and everywhere else so that they can know exactly what kind of shit he's talking about. So that he wanted, he, he wanted other people to come. And the, because he had so many people that were oddities or, or whatnot, he was, Showing some fakeness, you know, with some of his people, but he ultimately put on a good show and he had people, he put on a smile on people's faces. And that's something that the critic didn't, uh, didn't enjoy. He, he, uh, for, and there were several, you know, instances where this critic and him were like back and forth. And I liked that, that they showed that. You know that that they showed that animosity a little bit. That it, it, and uh, ultimately there was even a moment where where um, he uh, was kissed by one of the singers that he had on the show uh, or on his show, and his wife left him for uh, for a brief time. You know, and it showed some of the hardships. The, the circus uh, uh, um, burned down to the ground because of some of the rioting that uh, uh, involved it because there was it was like he was loved and hated so it you sounds know? like it sounds like they tried to uh, make the film incorporate the entire <sighs> lifespan is that true yeah uh, uh, the the only thing th th yeah I would I would have to say so. Uh, and I think the music was different. Um, as far as his singing per se, I believe when he first started singing on some of his songs, he was a little bit soft, a little bit too soft. I think he needed to have a little bit more uh, roughness to his voice because uh, uh, it, 
it sounded like his voice was a little soft, but once his voice, uh, once you heard where the song was going and heard how loud he was getting, I believe that he has learned a lot since Les Mis uh, because there is power behind his voice now. So some of the Wolverine was coming out in him? Yeah, I, I almost think so. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know he wasn't the only superhero, uh, only uh, only actor from a superhero movie that Zendaya was also in Spider-Man Homecoming. <laughs> yeah, um, she was actually... Um, Zendaya played um, uh, Anna Wheeler, and the, uh, uh, that's another th uh, uh, another uh, part of the movie that, uh, that's involved. Uh, Anna Wheeler was part of a trapeze act, uh, which um, was, uh, and uh, she had a brother in there, in there, um, played by uh, Yeha Abdul Mateen II, um, and. They they were a phenomenal act from what I could see, uh, and uh, Zach Efron who plays Philip Carlyle, who is a playwright that uh, Hugh Jackman meets, uh, where it, it seems like they both have a tongue in cheek, you know, role with each other, each other, uh, and they be, in a sense become business partners. Philip Carlyle he uh, he. Because he came from royalty, he he wanted to, he admired uh, P.T. Barnum from afar uh, as a playwright. And uh, so he invited him to be part of the circus. And uh, eventually they became business partners. And it, ultimately that's what helped him out in the end anyways. But there was a love interest between uh, Philip Carlyle and the um, uh, lovely uh, Ann Wheeler. Uh, and I think some of the times that go with uh, the film were portrayed uh, through their love interest because um, there was a moment where uh, she met the parents of Philip Carlyle and, and it was a, it was kind of a heartbreaking moment uh, where he he had to tell them, well, if this is how I have to act, then I don't uh, I don't want to have any part of it, you know, uh, th this kind of thing. And I know I'm I'm saying some spoilers, folks, but uh, I really uh, I guess I really enjoyed this film. I, I wish I could have seen it where they were actually singing it on set where it wasn't recorded, but it was shot really well. I think that the musical numbers were entertaining. Um, it's not that I was surprised that Hugh Jackman was actually singing. I've heard him sing before, but it's interesting to see uh, an actor break from a really serious action role to a song and dance routine. And that's what I have to say. Is there anything that, Chad, that you would uh, ask me about this movie? Um, were there any other people stand out, any roles stand out, or was it just mainly uh, Hugh Jackman as the star? Like, did Tom Thumb have a big role in it? or? I actually think that each person actually got their shine, uh, uh, shining moments. Because um, uh, Tom Thumb, well, um, 
he he tracked him down uh, where he lived, and uh, he evidently had toy soldiers uh, all strewn about his his room or whatnot. And uh, in order to get him to come on the show, uh, he said, "Well, I see a soldier uh, th that could be riding a, ho a horse uh, uh, um, on the sh on the show." And not only will they, uh, will they, um, not only will they enjoy your performance, but I think that they will salute you. You know, uh, sounds like a pretty. Oh yeah, there there were some powerful moments, uh, at least in the introduction points. So, I mean, it's it's. I guess I would say that I really enjoyed it. So, anyone who listens to the uh, uh, this uh, obviously you see the, uh, that I enjoy, uh, enjoyed it I think that you uh, if you enjoy this kind of film you should definitely go out and see it I think it it's uh, the, uh, the next big mu musical I mean it's not it's no Jesus Christ superstar but it, it's definitely out there and I think I think it was a little bit more factual to uh, what what was going on at that point in time for P.T. Barnum. So I think P.T. Barnum's right up there with Jesus Christ being uh, as famous as him, honestly. Oh, yeah, most definitely. There is not a showman of any kind uh, that, uh, that probably will not remember at least something of the Barnum Circus. Um, and uh, he was known for... Uh, the uh, saying the word humbug, you know, uh, or using it as a, a, a term. So he was definitely an interesting character. And uh, well, in any case, I think that's enough for now, folks. So definitely, I, I don't want to spoil it for uh, for anyone else. But please, uh, like, share, and subscribe. And uh, if you enjoy this kind of a film. Uh, definitely check it out. It was entertaining for me. Um, I, I hope it's an entertaining for the rest of you. Uh, thank you, Chad, one, uh, once again for coming back on. Uh, it was a pleasure. Sure, Dave. Glad to be part. Awesome. Well, that's uh, that's all the time we have for tonight, folks. And uh, stay tuned uh, for this next week where we uh, talk about Peter Benchley's The Beast which was a made-for-TV uh, movie. So uh, later on this uh, uh, this next Tuesday, I believe, and uh, we have uh, Sam. Uh, Sam is returning with us. So uh, in any case, have a good evening, folks, and uh, stay, uh, hopefully you enjoyed this broadcast. <laughs>